Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Okay, good afternoon. My name is Joe Hammond. I'm a primary school and early years music and computing teacher. Um, I made an emphasis on that today because today's topic is going to be men in early years. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So, um, so today um, I wanted to talk about men in early years um, because it's a bit, I know that there's been um, talk in many areas about male teachers and also male primary school teachers and a lot of the stereotypes around that. But if we go even further and we go to men in early years, whether that be being a reception teacher or nursery teacher, as part of a primary uh, as part of a primary school or an infant school or we talk about um it, men in childcare settings it's very much it's very is very it's extreme the level of um the level of the gap between how uh, the gap between the genders in terms of in terms of how how many men like myself are employed in these roles now i'm not a hundred percent employed in an early years role i teach my specialist subjects across the school but that does include nursery and reception um and I am one of 3%, or it estimated to be 1% to 3% of the male early years workforce in the UK. Just, just to put that in perspective, in some other industries, primary teachers themselves there is um, the the male workforce makes up fifteen percent of the um, of the early year, of the um, primary school workforce. So we're talking year one to year six, from five upwards, um, and in even in other similar um, settings, fourteen percent of social workers are thought to be male and 11% of nurses are thought to be male so even in other similar industries it is still pretty extreme how few men there are in early year settings and I guess 
Um, this will lead to talking about of gender stereotyping in general. Now, in recent years, you know, thanks to thanks to lots of things becoming the norm, the topic of gender itself has become a much more complicated thing than just you are male, you are female. There's now all sorts of uh, all sorts of things you can identify as, but. I'm not going to talk about that. I am going to talk about the rampant, well, the rampant stereotyping and the rampant, uh, the fact that even though the world has moved on in many ways from, you know, um, you're a man, so therefore you can be this, this and this. You're a woman, therefore you can be this, this and this, You're or you're supposed to be we've still got a very long way to go and there's still some sectors of the world that have not moved on from that and that's why um we have to uh we have to really address this um because there and it might not be for the reasons that people think though because as as i say gender stereotyping and gender as a topic is a complicated thing now it's it used to be simple but it's not anymore um however as as i said before the statistics show there is an extreme gap between the amount of um, men in early years and the amount of females in early years and other countries are doing much better than us at addressing this um in, uh, the uk we are is it getting better possibly i i read before a few years ago that it was one percent and now it's three percent but that's barely any difference at all let's be honest um but if you look at other countries like norway and germany um they are doing much better than us in terms of the number of men who are um, working in the early years workforce. So in Norway, it's more like one in 10 workers in uh, early years and childcare are males. And with, um, and with Germany, it's more like 6%. That's not a big difference, but it is a significant increase as to what it was many years ago. Um, and yeah, it's uh, I, I'm reading this um, article on a early years alliance.org.uk uh, saying that oh, they, the figures for the UK have barely moved over the last 20 years. But the fact that I'm talking about this, right, is could be misconstrued as, oh, I'm trying to get a more masculine uh, side to the early years workforce. But that's not true at all. OK, this is this is purely about just removing all stereotypes, all gender stereotypes. Um, and we're only going to get true equality when we um when it doesn't matter at all um so i used to be i used to work for an agency um where we would um 
where we would uh i yeah i used to work for an agency where we would uh where we the agency employed p specialists music specialists um uh, languages specialists um and yeah there was still a bit of gender stereotyping there but i have to say on the music side of things we we were doing really well and it was about 50 percent were male and 50 percent were female um and that's really good that's showing children that it does um it there, there, there there's a good balance in terms of music educators and in that sense there's a lot of there, there can still be even in something like music some gender stereotyping because if you look at a lot of professional musicians well in the classical music world i think it's fairly balanced i could be wrong but it looks like it's fairly balanced to me you see male opera singers you see female opera singers you see um you see male uh strings violin players um cello players double bass players you see female violins cellos double basses you see male conductors there's perhaps less prominence of female conductors than there are male conductors i um i think there's been celebrations recently of the first female conductor to conduct the last night of the proms for example um but there's a generally a good balance because what I want to avoid in my lessons, I don't want, I don't want the girls that I teach to feel like their only path to music is through being a pop singer, because that's generally what they see if you look at popular music. Um, that the the girls are always the singers and the bands what i find are generally uh that play the instruments generally consist of uh males now again i could be wrong but that's just something that i've noticed now and we want our boys and our girls to realize that it's not about just the um that it's not just about oh, you're, you're this gender, therefore you can only do this role. It's about these all the options are open to you. Now, if you're female, you might have a different voice, type of voice to a male, obviously. That's not, that's, that's just genetics. That's um, the way we are as humans. That's not something we can really control. That's the way that we're, we're, builds the science behind it however that's not to say that men can't sing alto parts or counter tenor parts that means they're extremely high when you're talking about singing um so yeah i i know i went off on a tangent there but it's just generally there there is that lots of industries are getting much better at encouraging members of the gender that used to be marginalized in that industry in that sector a lot of industries are gradually getting better at encouraging um 
members of the marginalized gender to come into those fields there's been a big there's been lots of big pushes recently about for recruiting girls uh, uh, or females into sectors like engineering building um uh, uh, ict computing roles um that's not something that is typically a uh, seen as a female role that's seen as a male role but it doesn't mean that um females are um incapable of doing these things i mean i myself i'm a i i'm i i'm not going to call myself a computer expert but i am um you know i i can't you know software engineer or program you know top level video games or anything like that but i know my way around computers and i um I'm always the person that fixes other people's computer problems in all of my settings, um, gen uh, generally speaking. So that's just a coincidence, though. And it wouldn't bother me in the slightest if the if I met um, if I met a female in a place that I worked that was you know knew more about computers than i did that wouldn't bother me at all um but sometimes some employers can kind of stereotype in a sense that they'll hire the person but then expect them to do those gender stereotyped roles for example i i bought up another i've bought up another article which um said that uh where one male where one man who works in an early year setting said that his employer then expected him to um to build furniture fix furniture uh move heavy bits of uh you know furniture or desks around um use tools and fixed the you know the nursery computers because it was assumed that as a man he was an expert in all those fields and that isn't that isn't necessarily true it just because you're a male doesn't even mean that you are the strongest the the physically strongest person there by any means at all you know it's really it lot in lots of ways think people countries sectors are getting better at this but as the statistics have proven we're still in early years and childcare in this country we're still very far behind um and as i've said true equality in any sector will only be achieved when any difference between differences between person people are not thought about you know in the film industry for example there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about how um oh yes this is the first black um female black superhero this is the first popular male black superhero this is the uh um for this is the first autistic um superhero this is the first deaf superhero and yeah those in many ways lots of those are causes for celebration but 
we're only going to have, and I think I've said this before, we're only going to have equal opportunities where for um when we have when it's not thought about um and it's not an issue whether somebody looks a certain way or has a certain disability in sense and there in, in entertainment to be fair there will be some roles where there will be a requirement for a specific type of person you know that shouldn't change because you want we want realistic um, portrayals of things but then filmmakers should also make it make an effort to include include um people that there might not be many roles for um and there there are a few examples um uh, one of the actresses i can't remember her name but one of the actresses from the recent the eternals film from the marvel cinematic universe first deaf superhero actress um you know that's that's a big that's a big cause for celebration the uh, 2017 power rangers film um billy the blue ranger was portrayed as autistic that was a big deal um first autistic superhero um and now it was the actor himself wasn't on the spectrum but that didn't really matter in the, in the set in that in that sense it wasn't it wasn't about that um but i'll tell you tell you there are some really high quality and high level children's shows that are being very inclusive and I guess a good example of this is the dumping grounds. Now, for those that don't know or don't live in the UK, the dumping ground is a spin-off of Jacqueline Wilson's Tracy Beaker books. And they then made a series called Tracy Beaker Returns, where Tracy goes back to work at her old care home. Um, and then when Tracy the character of Tracy and Danny Harmer, the actress, left the show, the dumping ground became its own thing. Um, and it's been running for nine series. Now, the dumping ground has had met several different actors, actresses who have had a variety of disabilities either uh, or, or differences, either the actors themselves or the characters chloe one of the characters was portrayed by a real life wheelchair user um there is a character called frank the actor chris slater actually has cerebral palsy just like the character of frank it wasn't shoved in people's faces that he had cerebral palsy frank still had his own personality he still had his own um traits he still got into trouble just like uh, some of the other kids did he was he was a original character who just so happened to have cerebral palsy oh i'm getting really sidetracked here um but my point my point is um that more needs to be done to address these kinds of stereotypes um and when you do employ a male in an early year setting, don't automatically assume that he's the best at certain things compared to others. Like my 
Um, my settings, my school, the nursery franchise I work for, very forest school. Okay. Most of what we do is very much forest school based and outdoors based. Now, there are, we're lucky in my nursery settings that we do actually have a really good balance of males and females. Um, but does that mean that the males are always the best at the forest school jobs? No, absolutely not. I've been training. Um, I've been doing certain bits of training in some things like bushcraft and den building and knots and some tool work. And there are there are several there are several now some people might assume that oh tools are involved, therefore the men are automatically better at that. Not true. Not true at all. I've had help from several um, females uh, uh, and males uh, who have helped me with the firelighting um, training that we did, for example, when we were firelighting with traditional um, flint and steel. Um, I, I struggled a bit with that. And, you know, other people helped me. It didn't matter whether they were male or female. It didn't matter whether they were older or younger than me. You know, just because just, you know, um, many of our many of our forest school trained people are female and they're way better at tools than I am uh, using tools than I am. That's I don't think anything of that. I, I just see them as good at that role, not good at that role for a female because that's patronizing that's offensive that's gender stereotyping and we're getting over that we're getting through that we're not going to um i i'm not going to take part in that um now there is there is actually a government call i think um the from the web page i bought up the government were calling for, um, in partnership with the Fatherhood Institute, um, which was, uh, yeah, it's published in 2019, in April 2019. Um, and they wanted more male, male role models for children in early years. Now, it's not to do with, but it's not to do with boys need role models. You shouldn't automatically assume that just because the teacher is a male that means the boys are going to get on get on well with them and um the girls will get on better with a female teacher that's not true at all um now both both boys and girls should see that men can be in a role like that and that it's not a big deal both should see that um and it's it's a shared responsibility and it says here just as parenting is a shared responsibility so is kickstarting a child's love of learning and so is caring for that child um it's not so oh uh, yeah and i i really like i really like the way that's put actually a shared responsibility between both male and female workers and it's got to be 
yeah, it's got to be, there's got to be a much better balance um, overall. And I I don't know, this, this government call was made in 2019, now April 2019. Now, obviously, since then, we've had a global pandemic, which has thrown a massive spanner in the works of everything. Um, but I wonder if, because the last 20 years, there's not been much improvement in terms of men in early years. Um, but I wonder if it'll start to, it'll start to be on the up. Um, and, you know, just, just because men don't have to, men don't have to be one of the myths that I know men teach primary have talked about, and um, and many people have talked about there's there's automatically a myth, especially in primary schools, that men are better at, at older year groups, and also men are better at behaviour management. That's not true at all. It's um, really, it's yeah, it's not true at all. Doesn't matter what gender or or what. Um, or how old you are, each each person has their own set of skills with behavior, behavior management. Men can be very good at behavior management, very nurturing and caring, everything I try to be in my roles. Um, uh, one thing I do have to do is I know that I can have a loud voice. Sometimes if I'm being firm, that can come across too much. I have to con- consciously control that. But I know my limit. I, I know I know that. And so I can think about that. However, doesn't mean that if if I was if I was teaching a class with a female, it doesn't mean that the uh the female teacher or, or um member of staff can't use a firmer voice or uh, or, or or sort of calm children down in a way if 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 needs be, it does, and also, it doesn't necessarily. It, it's it's not it's not true at all that oh men are better at older year groups. Not at all. You might find more men working in secondary and higher education than you would in primary and especially in early years. But that doesn't mean that there aren't men who are really good. Now, I've actually also been fortunate enough to work with a few male early years teachers within mainstream school settings who I've highly respected and who have been really good. Now, that doesn't, and yeah, they, um, and they, and they've done really well to not only engage the children and, but also challenge stereotypes. And sorry, and this is, and this is this is ultimately what this is all about. Um, now I am going to play the news adverts and two minute tech, and then I'm going to go over the um, mighty or the um, or the men in the early years. Um, charity they've released a article which is about the top 10 myths about men in early years 
I'm going to read those through. I'm going to talk about those. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us... You'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. FE Week reports on Ofsted findings following new inspections within the sector. Recent inspections at three colleges found that standards had not slipped in the decade since their last inspection. All three colleges retained their outstanding grades. The three colleges in Yorkshire were last inspected 10 years ago, but the latest reports highlight the high standards that have been maintained over time. The inspections took place at Notre Dame Catholic Sixth Form College in Leeds, Barnsley College and Greenhead College, both in West Yorkshire. Outstanding colleges are subject to full inspections for the first time this year since 2010, after an exemption was lifted. In Kent, the Isle of Thanet News website reports on the opening of Phys Lab at St Peter's Junior School. The purpose-designed hub within the school grounds enables children to enjoy hands-on experience in exploring the world of physics and general science. 
the hub was opened in partnership with Ogden Trust. Nathan Williams, the school's award-winning science lead, says the opening of the hub had been fantastic and that children and staff from the school and those from partnership schools were looking forward to exploring a range of scientific learning opportunities. The hub will also be accessible to local schools not in the partnerships. Cameron Ogden, chair of Ogden Trust, stated, Physics as a subject has huge importance. We are determined that everyone have access to inspiring physics education. Many media outlets report on the arrest of three people on suspicion of involvement in female genital mutilation at an unregistered school in Birmingham. Police, prompted by Ofsted inspectors who had reportedly found a locked room containing medical equipment and a bed, searched the school. Ofsted inspectors were originally following up reports of an unregistered school, but concerns were raised about possible illegal practices, so police were called in. In recent weeks, the Department for Education has announced an increase in powers for Ofsted inspectors so that unsafe, unregistered schools could be shut down. Good Housekeeping has published advice for students in managing their finances. The information on their website includes advice on how to access additional support, eligibility for tuition fee loans and maintenance loans, as well as the implications for repayment. It also outlines other funding pots some students may be able to access. As the cost of living continues to rise, the website reminds students and parents that the deadline for student finance for new students is the 20th of May. In South Africa, the Minister of Higher Education will table a budget for the department's strategic vision for the coming year. The budget will focus on COVID recovery and provide fully subsidised financial support to students. It will also help to increase participation rates amongst people with disabilities and women. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello. This week, we're going to take a look at the much coveted presentation clicker. It's a must have device for a lot of teachers out there as it allows you to move slides whilst AFK. For those new to Two Minute Tech, AFK is away from keyboard. Ranging in price from £8 to £30, this classroom essential allows you to stretch your legs and make a few shapes while you dance around the room. Some of us have a mandatory piece of blue tack over the built-in laser pointer. Others have invested in a bit of duct tape. So we ensure the device meets health and safety regulations. And most of us have a small stash of AAA batteries in a secret place that we never admit to having. Well, Clicker, I'm telling you to stand aside. The mini wireless multimedia keyboard is taking your place. Having a lower price range of £8 to £15 and being able to do everything that Clicker does except blind pupils as it has no laser pointer and wait for it. It is rechargeable. You have full keyboard and mouse control from anywhere in your classroom. You can move slides on, Alt-Tab to switch applications, type, use Spacebar to stop and start YouTube clips for questioning. Battery life is quite honestly ridiculously long, and if it runs out, a five-minute charge on USB lead will get you through your lesson. All I can say is if you're considering replacing your clicker or are simply a gadget magnet, this is a must-have. Search for mini wireless keyboard in any online shop. The only thing I'd say is get one with a light-up keyboard if you present with the lights off. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
Steve, I'm a little disappointed that you um that you that you insulted the laser pointer there, mate. That was that's one of the best parts of those clickers. Oh well. Anyway, so we are talking today about men in early years. Um, I've gone off on a few massive tangents about gender stereotypes, equality, and uh, equal opportunities in general. But I'm now gonna re- I'm now gonna read from um, Mighty Men in the Early Years: Ten Myths About Men and Early Years Education and How to Bust Them. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about those. So. Number one, men don't want to work in early years education. Now, some men, that might be true. (laughs) Obviously, this career teaching is not for everybody or childcare. Um, Careers in childcare isn't for everybody. And no one's saying that all men should be interested. However, it doesn't mean that um it doesn't mean that oh men don't men just don't want to work in in that in that setting full stop look in look into the reasons why um there's there's other airy there's other things to take into consideration that you know Childcare and and nursery and early years workers are not paid well. It is it is very low pay, um, and there are there are other there are other problems. But of course, the main problem is it's stereotyped as being female, and then you know if you're yeah, and this is a good point that they they raise here. If you're a um, if you're a careers advisor or you're talking to parents or you're talking to further education and other things, often those people will make it unappealing. If you say, oh, I want to work in childcare. I wanted to, um, I wanted to, um, I, I I want to work in a, in a in a as an early years teacher, nursery teacher, reception teacher, etc. It's um very lots of people would discourage that. However, um goodcareersguidance.org.uk has said that actually there is evidence that um hang on, what's what's this? Oh yeah, no. It's it's saying that even even amongst um, even amongst that even even amongst teenagers, it's already sort of drilled into them and stereotyped into them. Um, and actually, this is really interesting. The research for the Equal Opportunities Commission found that while eighty percent of girls would be willing to learn to do a non-traditional girl job. For boys, the percentage was only 55%. So, and although although it's good that, you know, it's more than half are willing to look into, you know, careers and sectors that aren't stereotypically male or stereotypically female, that's, um, that's still, it's still less men 
than women um that that are interested in that and um yeah it makes the point here that often you know if if there's parents picking up their children um mums tend to talk about their kids and things uh, more than more than dads do in many settings um and there's yeah so it without big drives recruitment drives or specific appealing things i guess it's still going to be a female dominated anyway number two women are more naturally gifted at caring for children rubbish um is, is what i say to that um yes it's because of science and biology women are the ones that will give birth and um and take that first step get pregnant etc um but that doesn't mean that dads can uh, can't be hands-on caregivers um you know the uh house husbands are more common now than they were um and it's it's perhaps more heard of that you would have a house husband than uh and the female would would go to work and 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 the living while the children are young but it is it has still has increased recently so it says here dad's average childcare time per day was just 15 minutes in 1975 by 2007 it had risen to two hours 30 minutes today fathers do roughly half the caring for preschoolers that mothers do whereas 50 years ago they did less than 15 percent um that's from um uh cash or carry a uh, research report um from the fatherhood institute so that means that yeah men dads are taking on much more of the care uh the caregiving roles um it's not the mother stays at home with the children while the dad goes to work and earns a living anymore that's um that's okay sometimes that does happen it depends on each different individual family situation but it does mean that there is much more focus on dads getting um getting used to caring for young children um and so yeah the myth that women are naturally more gifted at caring for children is absolute rubbish um absolute complete and utter rubbish um i've i've known i've known many females who don't want to have children say they're not good with children would cringe and run the other way if if they they would never consider a role looking after a, a child care or primary school teaching and then and then you know you've got you've got me and um and many others who just break that stereotype and uh, and are very caring and do their best for the kids in their care and to teach them in the best possible way and that's exactly what i do and many other males who uh, uh of the three percent of males who work in the early years workforce um and yeah 
it's because of the lack of it, it can be a little awkward in some places and it can there can be some mistreatment in that way because there um I brought up I brought up another article um here where there was yeah here where there was um from BBC News uh this is from 2018 whereas um there was there was a uh, a a guy uh, um 23 year old man first teaching job was as a nursery teacher here uh, 20 minutes in he was immediately removed and changed and um placed in year four class and swapped with a female now that's that's just grossly unfair it's um but those parents um viewed him with an air of suspicion just because he was a male working as a nursery teacher and that's um yeah there's this stereotype that you know oh men can't be trusted with um with 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 young with young children and you know that's just wrong and that's got to stop straight away um and there's even if even if males are in um in those kinds of roles it says here that they might be pushed towards typical male activities like you know outdoors play or things like that and they might be discouraged from uh things like you know changing nappies if you're working with under twos um and it's um it yeah that doesn't mean that men can be uh, get involved in perhaps the more in- intimate side of caring for kids uh, for young kids it's um it's not it, it, it's it so yeah men can men can be more gifted at caring for women some women can be more gifted at caring for men it depends on the person not the gender number three men are put off early years education because of low pay and poor career progression now sometimes that can be true it always depends on the family situation um and that I guess that's a in general a very big part of thinking about growing up and thinking about families and thinking just thinking about your own home situation now that is yeah that uh, and so therefore that can be true but it doesn't always have to be as i said before sometimes females are very much um the breadwinner the quotes breadwinner and the men will stay at home and do the then do the house tasks and the uh the 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 the, uh, the child care and things like that and so that doesn't necessarily mean um that men cannot work in early years and uh it, it, it 
many in many cases early years where it does appeal to men you know personally i will i will i will say now some of my favorite moments teaching and um and some of my favorite uh, career moments uh, as a music teacher have been with reception and nursery because you can do so much um and if you can teach music to a high quality to that age group it, you can have such a positive impact and i've seen i've seen that so much before children um get older and um personally it, every everybody i guess has their own preferred preferred age group but in in my case um with the early years i i loved it i love doing that because as a musician i can i can I can be very encouraging. I can be very engaging to that age group. Some people might prefer older children um, in in the sense that they want to do more advanced, more serious things. But it's it's a very, yeah, it's a very, everyone will have their own preference. And I, I love early years. Number four, myth number four, men are better at rough and tumble play. Now, that's not, that, that's not really, that, that's an approach that should be, you know, viewed with caution. It's not about masculine and feminine roles and it's not, um, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a sense of that. Research also says that, you know, children children themselves, while they might often sometimes enjoy rough and tumble play in the moment, it's they they care about they don't care about the gender, they just care whether the person is engaging and fun. Um and yeah, I, I've I've seen because at least at, at my <clears throat> at my nursery setting, we have a manual handling policy, and um, and so you know the issue of physical contact, the taboo issue of physical contact, is um, a lot looser than um, than you know a lots of other settings, and. I've seen, I've seen with families, I've seen, I've seen with in, in other settings, I've seen females engage with, you know, chasing games, engage with, uh, quote, rough and tumble play. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't mean men are better at it. It's just, um, it, it depends on each different personality, you know, so it doesn't, doesn't have to be now it says he you know biologically men have more upper body strength so they can maybe continue doing it longer but um yeah it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that women should uh, have a problem with it because they they don't they don't have to number five we should treat everyone the same so gender becomes irrelevant now Okay, this might contradict some of the things that I said earlier um, about true equality 
and things like that. Um, but um, we have to, yeah, it says here, and, and they, 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 they bring up the STEM subjects and how it's uh, disproportionately male dominated. Um, they, in order to recruit more men into early years, you have to uh, have specific strategies to encourage females to take on STEM subjects and um, and take them further, and males to take on early years type roles. Um, and it's um, so it has if if it is disproportionate in that sense, then gen then yeah, carrying on as we are, you're just going to have the same kind of statistics. If you want more men to work in caring roles, then you have to target why there's a need for men in those roles and what specific men could bring. I, I, I do understand that to an extent. It's not saying that all men are the same or all women are the same. It's just um, if there's a if there's some disproportionate balance, then it has to be addressed in that way. Number six is children need a balance of mother figures and father figures at nursery. Now, um, yeah. Far, uh, mothers are like are like this. Fathers are like that. Is is not is not true anywhere, and it doesn't have to be um, a metaphor for the way families are. As that um, as that 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 pushes stereotypes onto onto children in a way, um, and research says that fathers and mothers share everyday parenting tasks and don't stick to gender-defining roles, that is better for the children. And, you know, and so if you're an early years worker, if you're a male, that, as I said before, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to take on the more intimate roles or the more stereotypically feminine roles. And if you're a female, that doesn't mean that you're not going to engage in things like, quote, rough and tumble play or chasing games or things like that. It's it's for each individual. Um, number seven. Making a special effort to recruit men is social engineering. Well, that's utter rubbish. Um, because yeah, it's it's already it's already socially engineered enough as it is from from the past with childcare being seen as a traditionally female role. That's already stereotyped. Um and socially engineered enough we're trying to break that social engineering by giving everyone that kind of opportunity um and by balancing males and females in care in care in caring roles 
Um, uh, number eight. Oh, this is going to be a very uh, interesting one to talk about. Pedophiles are attracted to early years education and are mostly men. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a myth that needs to be crushed, squashed, thrown out and burned alive as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, that's it's just unhealthy thinking like that. Um, and yeah, it's just so unhealthy thinking like that. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that safeguarding uh, should be scrapped. Of course it's not. And safer recruitment practices shouldn't be followed. Of course not. Um, you know, you don't need special safeguarding procedures for male employees. It undermines uh, that it undermines male employees. So it has to that 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 has that has to be that has to be thrown out. Um, Safer recruitment policies should exist. Safe child protection should be and safeguarding always first priorities, regardless of staff members' gender. End of story. Number nine, boys need more adult male role models. Well, this is an interesting one because it's not but a lot of people think oh yeah boys need male role models it's all about boys and um but that's not true um lots of girls will look up to male role models in their lives and lots of boys will look up to female role models in their lives it's not a case of um it's not a case of you know, uh, oh, if you're if you're a man, then you're automatically going to be better with the boys than you are with the girls. That's not true at all. Um, and so it's, it's that is a stereotype that I hear and see quite a lot. And it can be easy to it can be easy to to think about it in that in those terms. But you but you don't but it's not it's not necessarily true um it's much it's much less just it's much more just boys and girls seeing that it uh, that that boys and girls can be in a caring role in a early years teacher role um in a in that kind of thing it's is it, it that is as simple as that and number 10 and i mentioned this before parents don't want men looking after their children well there may be some doubts from some people and some parents there might be some stereotyping um and some negativity towards men in early years workforce but you know this is um sometimes actually the research here um and the article here says that actually having male staff can often be a selling point with parents and that some parents oh 
they see that there's actually a male working in this nursery or a male working in early years in this school. That's actually a selling point for me. Um, and, you know, so it's about having an equal mix. So there you go. Those are the those are the top 10 myths from um, the men in the early years charity about males working in early years. I'll just go over those again, and then I'm going to finish the show. So number one, men don't want to work in early years education. Number two, uh, these are myths, by the way. I'm saying these are wrong. Number two, women are naturally more gifted at caring for children. Very much wrong. Three, men are put off early years education because of low pay and poor career progression. That is an issue. Doesn't mean that it's it's specific to men. Number four, men are better at rough and tumble play. Rubbish. Number five, we should treat everyone the same so gender becomes irrelevant. It's it's a tricky one, but I I know I know what they mean. Number six, children need a balance of mother figures and father figures at nursery. Who's to say what those mother figure and father figure roles um, are? Number seven, making a special effort to recruit men is social engineering. The industry's already been socially engineered enough with the fact that 97% of, um, of the workforce is uh, female. Number eight, paedophiles are attracted to early years education and are mostly men, rubbish, um, with the mostly men parts. Um, there will be a very small minority who um, are motivated to abuse children and will seek out opportunities to do so, but that's why we have safer recruitment policies. There shouldn't be male-specific ones. Number nine, boys need more adult male role models. Doesn't matter what the gender of the child is all children need male role models and and female role models and number 10 parents don't want men looking after their children we're working on it and actually many parents are seeing the light which is great and that is my little ramble and uh, thoughts about men in early years i am proud to be somebody who does uh, be a male who works in primary and also early years. And uh, my early years lessons and um, my early years classes have been some of my favourite classes over the years. Um, I really enjoy it. And I, um, and I love the fact that I have the ability to engage children of that age and inspire them. Um, and... I wouldn't have it any other way. Right, time for me to end the show there. I know I'm supposed to go on for an hour and a half, but I'm still recovering from, if you listen to my previous episode on autistic burnout, I'm still recovering. So I'm going to end the show there. And um, I'll thank you very much for listening and I will see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.